Attention men and ladies, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Three Ring Circus that is the Kyle Rittenhouse Trial. After the way things went on Monday, I can't not talk about this trial, so stick around, we're going to uh, have a little conversation about it. Hey, greetings, and welcome back once again to Categorical Imperatives. As always, I am your host, Lockie and Liberal, and I do want to thank you all so much for joining me here today. And if you are new to the program, I would especially like to welcome you. Uh, this is a podcast where we're going to be using legal theory and moral philosophy to discuss current events in law, politics, and culture. Uh, now, before we get started, I just have two uh, real quick things. Uh, the first one is, uh, I quickly want to say uh, thanks to you guys. Uh, all of you lovely people out there who have subscribed to the channel. Uh, at the end of my last video, I mentioned that my subscriber count had been stalled in the 90s for quite a while, and I would love to hit triple digits, and you guys delivered in like a couple hours. I, I Currently, I think the channel has 101 subscribers. Now, I, I realize that as far as podcasting terms or YouTube content creators, that number is small potatoes, uh, but it's not to me. It is a big deal, and I really... I uh, am grateful to have as many people as I do who are interested in my humble little show and coming to hear what I have to say. Uh, I, I love talking with you guys in the comments and the chat and stuff, too. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, and, yeah, I mean, whether you uh, have been a subscriber almost from the first show I did or if you've just, just joined me now, I, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. And then the other thing I want to show you quick is I had a friend send me uh, an article from the Babylon Bee that was so great, I just had to share it. Prosecutors move for a mistrial as jury has been tainted by clear video evidence of Kyle Rittenhouse defending himself. So, I just, it, this was beautiful. I, I mean, this is just a perfect example of uh, life imitating art. Uh, and so I, I just wanted to share this with you guys. And then I will, uh, the whole article is fucking hilarious. It's really good. Um, so I'm going to put a link to that in the video description. I recommend going and checking it out. I, I, I laughed my ass off. I thought it was fantastic. So anyways, let's get down to uh, business, I guess. So there are just a few things that I want to discuss about the Kyle uh, Rittenhouse trial. And just like my last two videos on this topic, this is not going to be any kind of comprehensive breakdown of the trial. As I said before, there are many talented lawyers and legal analysts already doing good work in that area. If you're looking for good work in that area, I highly, highly recommend Andrew Bronca. He is a self-defense attorney. He has both uh, lawofselfdefense.com and legalinsurrection.com are both websites and organizations that he is uh, I believe the founder of, or runs them. So, uh, I, I mostly just, myself, I have a few points uh, to cover that I, are, again, some unique observations of my own. And uh, just trying to give a little attention to certain aspects of this case that I think is uh, important to discuss and to be aware of, and things that I'm not really finding other people really talking about very much. So, uh, now... 
In case the reasons were not already perfectly clear following my last video about the importance of the bit of classic trial lawyer wisdom uh, that I shared with you guys about never ask a question you don't already know the answer to, holy shit, did Gage Grosskreutz really drive that point home with a bullet, no pun intended? We just once again saw the prosecution impeach their own witness on the stand as they asked Grotskruitz questions, which he lied about, while looking at photographic and video evidence proving that he was lying about what he was saying, and then followed up by a long series of leading questions from the prosecution uh, about what happened in the moments leading up to the shooting, and you would have thought that Assistant District Attorney Thomas Binger was Kyle's fucking attorney for the series of questions he was asking because everything he asked, everything that happened leading up to it, backs up Kyle's claim that he acted in self-defense. And this is the prosecution's case. This is unbelievable. Now... Grosskreutz, uh, just kind of for example here, I mean, he said, well, he was running at Kyle. Uh, Kyle pointed his gun at Grosskreutz, which caused Grosskreutz to stop and put his hands up to signal he wasn't a threat. And he even he even admits that Kyle, at that point, you know, he had a completely clean shot uh, and that he acted very judici judiciously and did not fire because he saw that Grosskreutz had temporarily stopped appearing like a threat to him because he stopped running at him. And so he did not shoot. Uh, and, and then he admits that uh, when he did shoot, it was only after he pulled out his Glock pistol that he was carrying illegally that he had the gun in hand with a round at the chamber pointed directly at Kyle. And it was only once those circumstances were met that this man had a loaded gun pointed squarely at Kyle from no more than three feet away that Kyle shot him. He testified the only time he saw Kyle fire his weapon was in situations where he said Kyle was clearly under attack, facing an existential threat from his attackers. And he then destroyed his credibility, if he had anything to begin with, on cross-examination by the defense, because it's kind of like what happened with the prosecuting attorney when Kyle's attorney would ask him if he had done things that just a moment ago he admitted to the prosecutor he did, he would once again say, no, no, I didn't. And he would have to be shown evidence. But isn't, you know, isn't this you doing exactly what you just said you're not doing? He's like, oh, no, 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 I uh, it was just unbelievable. I think the best was when he kept insisting that he was uh, running in the same direction as Kyle, but he wouldn't admit that he was running after Kyle, even though he was clearly talking to him and yelling at him and threatening Kyle the entire time. I, I mean, this is just fucking unbelievable. So anyways... uh. There are three key points that I want to discuss uh, about what's been going on with the trial here. So the first is, um, there has been a lot of talk 
uh, about a directed verdict. And ever since uh, Grosskreutz admitted in open court uh, that Kyle acted in self-defense, um, pretty much immediately you saw every single uh, YouTube and social media lawyer and legal analyst all just lost their fucking minds and just started blogging and tweeting and live streaming uh, all just saying, this trial is going to stop right here. Directive verdict, directive verdict. You know, uh, the directive verdict should be issued. They were just like screaming. It's all over the internet. I mean, just tons of people. Now, a directive verdict is when the judge orders the jury to deliver a specific verdict. And uh, under criminal procedure, the verdict can only be an acquittal. Now, here's the thing. I do not think it is likely that we're going to get a directed verdict here at all. Um, don't get me wrong, it would be entirely appropriate to do. And, as best as I can tell, Judge Schneider has been exceptionally reasonable and fair-minded. So, it's, it's nothing like that. But, um, it, this is partly because, first of all, I think many... Uh, of these people who hop on social media as legal analysts uh, are don't really practice in fields where they spend a lot of time uh, with criminal law uh, because they are basing their certainty that a directed verdict is almost inevitable uh, on an interpretation of Rule 29 of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure and Evidence, which is a much looser standard than the controlling state statute in Wisconsin. This is a state trial, so they would use state law. Rule 29 allows a directed verdict at any time during the trial, uh, either through a motion filed by an attorney or sua sponte, which is when the judge takes it under his own accord to order a special verdict from the jury. The other thing, too, is that Directed verdicts are rarely ever used anymore, uh, and it's because they've become phased out in criminal trials. I, I mean, they're still possible. You can still do it, but they're almost never relied on. If if we were to see the judge calling the trial, uh, he wouldn't be calling for a directed verdict. He would be calling for what is known as judgment on a matter of law. But... That wouldn't happen until the trial is over and both sides have presented their closing arguments. Now, a judgment as a matter of law can come either uh, before the initial jury verdict uh, or it, it, essentially he would do that at the time that he would normally instruct the jury on how they are expected to reach their verdict. He can instead say, because of the evidence or the lack thereof, you know, I expect you to come back with a guilty verdict or whatever. Uh, well, not guilty, but not guilty. Anyways, so or or it can happen um, after the trial. If, if the judge feels the verdict from the jury was indefensible, he can ask them uh, to change it uh, to an acquittal. Now, the reason I don't think this will happen here uh, is because this is a political trial. And as, as reasonable and fair as Judge Schneider has been, he also seems like an intelligent man, and I think he's smart enough to know that he should not step in and take the kind of shit that he would receive from whichever half of the country was pissed off at his decision to do that. Now, of course, if it's a kangaroo court, 
The judgment will always come from the judge to guarantee a conviction. Uh, on the other hand, in a political trial, the verdict will pretty much always come from the jury because no judge wants to be accused of throwing the trial based on a personal bias. Which, unfortunately, I think we all know. Everyone watching this uh, knows that that would be the exact reaction that we would get from the half of the country who isn't watching the trial because they have already assumed Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty and they don't need fancy newfangled tricks like, uh, you know, what's that one thing? Evidence. Evidence. That's it. To prove that they are right. Because they're right, right? Now, also, let's not forget, he is facing several weapons charges related um, that don't depend on the verdict being a conviction or acquittal for the murder charges. Uh, and so those charges could still be decided against him. Now, it is entirely possible to issue a directive verdict on some of the charges, but not others. But again, we get back to the fear of appearing biased. We know that a directed verdict on the murder charge without the weapons charge being directed would leave the haters insisting that they that the judge must have obviously known that Kyle was guilty, uh, but uh, he was acting biased, and so rather than punish him, he just gave him this slap on the wrist and excused all the crimes that he should have been tried for, is what they're going to say. Now, when the prosecution closes its case, my best guess is that we will see a motion to dismiss come from the defense saying that they haven't proven any of the charges. Uh, if that comes, honestly, I think nothing will likely come of it for the very same reasons the judge doesn't want to step in and issue a directed verdict sua sponte. Now, it's always impossible to know with certainty how a jury will rule. We can find plenty of examples uh, of Obviously, innocent people going to jail for crimes they didn't commit, and we can find plenty of examples of obviously guilty people not going to jail for crimes they clearly did commit, regardless of the facts, because juries are unpredictable. However, Judge Schneider, and again, I want to say he has been very fair this whole trial, and this is just sort of my professional opinion, what I would guess is going to happen is we will see both the prosecution and the defense present their full case, and then when it comes time to instruct the jury, Schneider will not issue a directed verdict, but he will instruct the jury on how they are to decide in a way that will make it absolutely crystal clear that the state has not met its burden of evidence, but still leave the actual verdict in the hands of the jury to come to their own conclusion. Now, next, I want to talk about a uh, ridiculous rumor that has just been spreading like wildfire uh, because one very well-known YouTube lawyer who uh, is a public figure uh, who I, I think most people haven't quite figured out yet is just an ambulance-chasing, star-fucking, stuck-up, egotistical self-promoter who will say absolutely anything to make himself look more important than he actually is. And ever since Kyle hired his attorney, uh, this fucking YouTube lawyer has been talking shit about the people Kyle hired to represent him because, as he claims, 
he had assembled a, quote, dream team of amazing lawyers that were going to represent Kyle in the trial and that they would have cinched the case for him. He claims that this new guy, Kyle's current legal counsel, ended up conv- after Kyle had hired the dream team that this new counsel ended up convincing Kyle to fire this entire dream team and take on this one guy for representation as his only representation as it is now. And he has been saying ever since that Kyle's attorney is fucking up, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's going to lose the case, he's not arguing the case, he isn't doing anything good. If Kyle is convicted, it'll be because his attorney tricked him into firing the good lawyers that could have saved him to go with this guy who didn't know what they were doing. Now, the only problem with that is that none of it is true. This star-fucking-cloud-chasing attorney never represented Kyle. He wanted to represent Kyle and very publicly offered to do so. But neither Kyle nor his parents ever actually accepted or rejected this guy's offer. They simply ignored him, and he doesn't like that because he's a star-fucking-narcissist, and since he couldn't get famous by being on TV representing Kyle, he can get nearly as famous by lying about having been hired by Kyle and then fired by Kyle and then doing everything he can to convince everyone that if he were still Kyle's attorney, things would be going so much better than they are, which I don't even see how that's possible at this point, really. Uh, but the most recent complaint this fucking ambulance chaser has been throwing around is ever since the pretrial hearing a couple of weeks ago, this guy has been saying that his defense attorney isn't even trying to win the case. He's, you know, he's not objecting to the defense enough. He's not cross-examining enough. He's not asking the right questions. He's not asking as many questions as he should. Uh, and therefore, he is trying to say that this guy either doesn't care if Kyle wins or loses or that this guy is maybe even trying to throw the case for some reason, which none of that makes any sense if you think about it. No attorney would take on one of these pop culture trials that the entire country follows if they didn't care about the outcome or if they were trying to lose. That's just fucking foolish. Who wants to lose an obviously winning trial with 300 million Americans transfixed watching the entire fucking thing? And then, after the trial, going and watching clips of it later on YouTube... And then going even later and watching clips of commentators discussing the clips of the trial. Now, one of my all-time favorite sayings comes from Napoleon Bonaparte. And he said, never interrupt your enemy while he is busy making a mistake. That is what Kyle's lawyer is doing. He isn't asking questions because he doesn't need to usually. By the time the prosecution finishes with a witness, they have already impeached their own witness's credibility and presented facts that prove Kyle acted in self-defense. And not a single shred of evidence thus far has pointed to him acting in anything other than a manner of justified self-defense. Not a goddamn thing. So Kyle's lawyer is simply following Napoleon's very good advice and choosing not to interrupt his enemy while he's busy making a mistake. Now look, I understand why people are being drawn to the Starfucker attorney. He is a very charismatic guy. Most narcissists and sociopaths are. But his professional reputation is as a completely 
underhanded, self-interested dick who will throw anyone under the bus that gets in his way uh, whenever it comes to having something that he has decided is rightfully his. He has a reputation for screwing over friends and competitors alike in the pursuit of stroking his own ego and making sure that he is the center of attention everywhere he goes. He will fuck clients over. He will fuck over attorneys working with him. He will fuck over attorneys working against him. He doesn't care about Kyle. He cares about what Kyle could have done for him. And this guy is a compulsive liar. Now, there is just one more final point that I want to make here today. Um, and in my last video, I, I kind of wanted to get around to this and I had forgotten a bit. Um, but it had to do with the drone footage. Now, I think like most people, my initial reaction to this was uh, incredulity that the FBI had this evidence and that they gave it to the prosecution but never gave it to the defense. And then when the defense requested it on discovery, they said they had lost it. I mean, that is all shady as fuck and clearly signaling a desire to affect the outcome of the case, which, since this isn't a federal case, which means the FBI couldn't be directly involved per se, this is about as much as they could do uh, to get involved and throw the case uh, in favor of the state. But over the weekend, it dawned on me uh, that we need to back up a little bit and... Uh, Look at exactly what we are getting angry with and uh, ask ourselves, why, why the fuck was the FBI flying a drone over Kenosha, Wisconsin in the first place? Now look, it's bad enough that they are choosing to effectively, selectively prosecute people with the evidence. And since I haven't heard a fucking thing about any looter or rioter being tried on any charges of looting or rioting, clearly, the government has the evidence to identify and convict countless people in Kenosha and is choosing not to do so. And if they're doing this in Kenosha, you have to believe that they were doing this in Minneapolis and they were doing this in Portland, and they were doing this in Seattle, and they were doing this everywhere where we saw massive, violent riots last summer. So, why would they be conducting mass surveillance? They clearly weren't investigating a crime because they have ample evidence to convict thousands of people of crime, and they're choosing not to, which means that they were out flying drones collecting bulk surveillance data on thousands and thousands of people just because they felt like it. They can't do that. Of course, I mean, they can't morally, ethically, or constitutionally do that. Obviously, they are physically capable of doing it, because they did. But, really, I think at this point, we need to cancel the FBI. Now, as far as I'm concerned, uh, if there was every valid reason for them to exist in the first place, there sure as fuck isn't one now, because they have become worse than useless. They are collecting mass surveillance without any kind of warrant or cause and using this privately collected evidence to selectively prosecute people for whatever malevolent reason they have to selectively prosecute people. This takes us right back to the very worst excesses of the J. Edgar Hoover days, which no one 
no one denies was a lawless and corrupt regime. And pretty much if we found out that Christopher Ray had a penchant for cross-dressing, we would basically be looking at J. Edgar Hoover 2.0 right now. All right, well, anyways, th look, this trial has been a shit show. I can't wait to get back to it. I assume there are going to be more interesting developments between now and whenever we get a verdict. Uh, so, assuming there are, I will definitely be coming back and I will be touching on this show a little more from time to time, as long as there is stuff to talk about. So... Uh, yeah, again, until next time, thank you guys so much again. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the channel, uh, maybe take a second and subscribe if you want. Uh, if you like the video, you know, hit the thumbs up button. If you disliked it, hit the thumbs down button. Uh, leave me a comment. I love talking to you guys down in the chat. I really do. Um, and then if you want to go the extra mile and support the show, you can go become a patron over on Patreon, or you can leave a one-time tip at PayPal. Uh, the links to all of that stuff is down uh, in the description. Uh, so anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I, I appreciate you coming by uh, and watching me talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial here on Categorical Imperatives. Uh, and of course, as always, Delenda S. Carthago. Freddie Mercury Mother